Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, I'm John Kenny, and I'm the Relationship Guy. And welcome to the show. This is the show where we talk about all things relationships, a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships in their lives. So I thought I'd talk a little bit today about why I am so fascinated with relationships and what led me to become the relationship guy and to coach people in the way that I do. Relationships are complicated, complex, because they are the two, are the coming together of two very complicated human beings. And that's not to say that relationships cannot be easy. And as a coach, it's my goal to help people to find the types of relationships in order to make sure that these, that they are easy. My own relationship history is quite checkered, I would say. I experienced a lot of unhealthy, sometimes toxic, quite abusive, violent relationships in my time because of the type of person that I was choosing to be with in my life. Stemming from the issues that I carried from my childhood when I first learned how to do relationships, the patterns that I formed within my mind, I then re-established those patterns with my first friendships, then my first intimate relationships, and then they carried on throughout my life. And those patterns are one that were born of uh, low self-worth, low self-esteem, low confidence in myself because I didn't feel that I was cared about when I was a child. I don't think I got enough time, enough nurturing, enough care, enough acknowledgement as a child now. We all have our own experiences as children And those experiences will shape the way that we see not only ourselves, but relationships in general. The information that we receive, our brain interprets in our own way and gives meanings to things based on the perceptions that we take from those experiences. Now, you may not have had a terrible childhood, You may have had quite a great childhood, in fact. Some people that I speak to have actually had very good childhoods, but their perception of certain events in their childhood would have impacted on their lives in a very negative way. For instance, I was working with a client a few years ago, and she had very loving, caring parents, but they also had a lot of love and care for each other. 
And what happened when they then showed each other affection was that she felt quite left out. She felt that the affection and the love was being withdrawn from her and therefore she needed to play up a little bit to get this affection. In all other areas, her relationship with her parents, things were good. But that one thing led her to believe at certain points that she wasn't worth loving, that love was withdrawn, was difficult to come by, and that she then needed to act in a certain way in order to create that love within her parents again. That led her then to have adult relationships with people that she would be quite guarded because she didn't trust that love was permanent. Even though she was very aware as an adult that her parents always loved her and they still did up until that day and showed that in, in numerous ways. But when it came to her intimate relationships, she would hold back. She would wait for someone to prove themselves to her that they were going to be around for a while. And then when she felt safe, she would then reciprocate with this affection. Unfortunately, she had created a relational pattern, a belief about relationships that she had to keep chasing. So the, the men that she was then choosing to have in her life were ones that were quite avoidant. Um, so therefore, they would be showing her all this love and affection to start with. And then they would retreat as soon as she started to show them affection in return. They would back away, shut down, start treating not very well, and then she would start to chase them. And she repeated that pattern throughout our adult life until we did some coaching together and realized that's exactly what she was doing. Readdressed those feelings that she had from her childhood about her beliefs around relationships, the meanings that she was giving to them, uh, so that she could then have relationships in a much healthier way. Of course, there are childhood experiences that are very damaging and they're you know that's not just a perception of the mind it's it's something that is very real um such as people that are abused or neglected um aren't shown um how to manage their emotions they are not treated in a way which allows them to build up a healthy sense of self and a healthy sense of what relationships can mean. And in my instance, it was very much that, you know, I wasn't treated terribly, but I wasn't treated in a way which built up any kind of security within me about how safe it is to be loved, how safe it is to give love. The security was missing, the certainty was missing, and therefore I learned to shut down my emotions because it was a much safer space for me to step into. Uh, spending much of my childhood on my own, not being able to form lasting bonds with friends. Um, it's funny, I was having, having a conversation with someone who I used to go to school with um, that I caught up with on social media and they always they said that they thought I was very very you know had a lot of friends at school because they were they were on their own quite a lot 
um, or stuck to one specific friend. And they thought that I had loads of friends because I was friendly with everybody. But that was my way of disconnecting. I was like a social butterfly. I would dip in from one group of people to the next, whichever suited my purpose. And I wouldn't hang around for too long because I didn't trust that being having a sort of a special friend, a good friend, a best friend was ever something I could manage. And that continued throughout my life. I've always dipped in and out of relationships um, whether they've been friendships or intimate relationships it's something I still do to this day with some with some of the relationships but that's more of a a choice thing now because they may not be the healthiest things for me to experience on a regular basis so I have to make sure that I look after myself as far as those relationships are concerned but I learned that as, as a child I needed to dip in and out in order to keep myself safe and because some of those experience that I did have were fairly abusive as far as some of the behavior was concerned. I then embarked on intimate relationships with people that could be abusive, mostly verbally and occasionally physically, definitely emotionally and mentally. And this was all I knew. So I was seeking out these types of relationships because of several reasons. Firstly, it was all I knew. It was what I was familiar with. And my brain was looking for familiar. You know that your brain doesn't really like change. It likes to create certainty for you. Um, and even if that means doing things which possibly might cause you some pain, if your brain says that's your familiar space and that's what you know, that's what it's going to go for. It's not going to choose something different unless you allow it to. You can then start to make different choices for yourself and to know that change and doing something differently is okay. And then your brain no longer needs to try and protect you from the unknown. But I chose those relationships because it was what I knew. And also, um, I developed what I call a safe space as a child. So my avoidance of the difficulties that I was experiencing was to disappear. I would go out a lot and play with friends, I would sometimes even run away from home. Uh, a lot of the time, I would just go to my room and play with my toys. That was my safe space, mostly to be by myself. So in my mind, when it came to connection in relationships, especially when they started to go wrong, that um, so the type of person that I would meet would be generally quite full on after a while, and they would put on a front and they would treat you quite well. And unfortunately, then their kind of anxious type of behavior would kick in. They'd become quite needy and quite clingy. And I felt that whatever I was doing in those relationships was never going to be good enough. So therefore I would then start to retreat. And again, that resembles my childhood. It didn't really matter what I did as a child. Sometimes I didn't even have to do anything and I would be punished for that. So I felt as an adult that I was actually being punished that I felt, again, that I wasn't good enough, that what I was going to do was never going to 
be good enough. And so I retreated from those relationships to my safe space. And that's what my brain was actually looking for before I actually entered into these relationships. There's a line from um, a Robbie Williams song called Feel. And it really hit home with me when I heard this line. And it was, he says in the, in the song that he was looking for an ending before the relationship had even begun. And when I heard that, I thought, wow, why would you do that? And then I thought, that's exactly what you do. <laughs> You're always looking for an out. Whenever I meet or met someone in the past, I would look for an out. I'd always have a reason. I'd be saying there would always be something about them, which I thought, you know what, I can always use this if I don't want to be here. And I thought that I was just looking after myself, but actually what I was looking for was an escape plan. So if this didn't work out, regardless of how the relationship would actually would actually go so the relationship could actually have been okay um but i would think of something i would find something that would allow me to retreat when it suited me um a lot of this also had to do with what i felt like i deserved in a relationship because i didn't feel like i deserved very much as a as a as a kid growing up then I didn't feel like I deserved very much from anybody else as an adult. I remember um, when I first went into therapy, I found it really hard at the end of my therapy to say thank you to my therapist. She was probably the first person that, although I was paying her, had offered me some unconditional space. I knew that that time that I was with her was my time and she was there for me. And when it came to the end of our time together and I went to say thank you, I, I cried a lot. Um, got very choked up. I didn't know at the time that this overwhelming feeling was about, but it was because I realised that this person had been there for me and I didn't know how to manage that. And now I realise that it was because I didn't feel like anybody had ever been there for me before, unless it suited them, unless it was something that they were going to get from me, that I needed to live up to some kind of expectation for them. And if it didn't, if I didn't do that, then they were quite easily and readily keen maybe not keen but they were there to tell me that they were there to show me that and again that would go that would kind of hit me very hard and I would then feel worthless um, and not good enough and at the end of these relationships I would be very upset and think to myself nothing I ever do is ever going to work why do people treat me like this um why do I always meet people that make me feel like I don't matter? Um, and I was going through that journey within my head because that's what I'd always thought about myself. I remember being on holiday uh, with, my, with my friends in my mid-twenties and I won a lottery, not a lottery. I won a, a raffle and... 
I got up on stage to collect my prize. There was about, there were several hundred people in this room. And when the guy asked me what my name was and I said, John, I got really, really embarrassed. Now I was a, a little bit drunk. And also I thought, oh, I'm on stage in front of all these people. And it was only when I wrote my book a few years ago in uh, 2018 that I realised that the reason that I felt so embarrassed was because I was embarrassed about me. Standing up on that stage, saying my name, made me feel very, very self-conscious. And I, at that time when I wrote my book, I realised actually that it's because I didn't accept myself. I didn't even accept my name. That's how negatively I saw myself. And that's why I kept choosing relationships which reinforced that belief that I didn't accept myself, therefore I was never going to be accepted by anybody else. And it's only with that realisation and that understanding that's enabled me to change how I feel. My acceptance of myself has been key to turning my life around. Working on that relationship with me is vitally important for me to be able to have healthy relationships with anybody else. I needed to break my relationship patterns. My relational patterns needed to change. I needed to change my ideas of what relationship beliefs that I had. I needed to understand my attachment style uh, and my avoidance to deeply connecting to other people based on how I experienced my relationships as a child, but really needed to understand myself. I really needed to know how I was ticking what was making me work, what was making me act in the way that I acted. And to then, once I understood that, to really challenge those thoughts, to challenge what I wanted for my future, to understand I didn't need to keep doing this, I didn't need to keep telling myself the same story over and over again about what life was going to be like and to turn a new page and start to write the life that I wanted. It didn't just affect my relationships. It affected all areas of my life. Whenever something good was happening, I would find a way to disrupt that. My beliefs about life were that I was never going to be a success, that I was never going to amount to anything. That was my deeply held core belief. And even though I had evidence to the contrary, for example, I, when I was in my late teenage years and my early 20s, I used to sprint and I ran for Great Britain on several occasions. But I can remember whenever the pressure was on, I would mess it up. Whenever there was a high expectation on me, when there was a chance of me actually being successful, when I could have really done well sort of like the weather conditions would be ideal for sprinting and I'd run the same time in ideal sprinting conditions that I'd run the following week into a headwind which would have 
blown your blown your hat off. It was it was ridiculous. You know, I'd run into a headwind and run exactly the same time as as I'd run in if I had a following wind. And it was I never really kind of understood why I never excelled when the conditions were right. When I had the opportunities that I never took them. Sometimes I'd even go down into the blocks when I should be really a hundred and 50% focused on my race. I should be visualizing my race. I should be thinking through how I'm going to run. And I'm singing a song in my head. And I never understood why. I never understood what that was about. And it was me self-sabotaging. It was me creating an environment where I knew I couldn't be successful. Because in my mind, I didn't deserve to be successful. I didn't believe I could be successful. So all the success I had I wasn't able to buy into it. I was never pleased or proud of what I achieved until many, many years after I stopped athletics because I you know, had this massively unhealthy relationship with who I was. And being able to understand that and start to put that right is key to being able to find the levels of success that you want in all areas of your life, but particularly in your relationships. Because if you don't overcome those parts of you then you're never going to have the life that you want you're never going to be fulfilled to the level that you could be you're never going to be as happy as you could be you're never going to be as content as you could be you're never going to feel that love and connection as much as you could and you're going to miss out on so much and it's only when you have those realizations that maybe then you can do something about it. And that's why I kind of work with the people that I do work with, because generally they've reached a point where they recognise that something needs to change. They have enough experience of these things to know that something's wrong, and then maybe they don't really know what that wrong is. And maybe they do, but they just really don't know how to address it. And I needed that help when I wanted to address my own issues. I've had lots of coaching in my time. I had therapy when I first needed help. I needed someone to help me to see what I could do, what I was doing. And like I said earlier on, to turn that new page and to write my own story. And that's why I am in this space. That's why I have a passion to help people. That's why I am now the relationship guy. Because I want people to experience those healthy, intimate relationships to their fullest as much as they possibly can. And to feel that contentment, that fulfillment and that happiness that I know exists if you just allow it into your life. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guy. I'm just going to leave you with my one of my favourite quotes, which is from Carl Bard. And he says, You can't go back and make a brand new beginning, but you can start now and create a brand new ending. Be good to yourself. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life.
I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bard. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.